Welcome to the Arts and Sciences Matters podcast, brought to you by the College of Arts and Sciences at Georgia State University. This is your host, Anna Varela. Our goal is to bring you insights from researchers working on a broad range of social, cultural, and scientific challenges. Our guest today is Lakita Bonet Bailey, an Associate Professor of African American Studies. Her current research examines the impact of political rap music on racial attitudes and the relationship between hip-hop culture and social justice. Today, we're talking about political messaging in rap music. Welcome, Dr. Bonet Bailey. So there are a lot of subgenres of rap. Could you start by helping us understand how you define political rap? Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, I define political rap as a way to categorize rap songs. Um, Previously, when we've seen people look at political rap or a message rap, they usually want to identify artists. Instead, I say you should look at songs because there may be artists who have um, political rap songs that are not categorized as political or conscious rap artists. And so in order for a song to be considered political rap, it must first have a political reference, and this reference can be either implicit or explicit, which means it can be coded. So a coded word, or it can actually be an explicit reference, so calling out a presidential candidate's name, calling out a congressperson's name, or making a reference to some entity of the political system in the United States. Then it must either talk about a social issue or it must offer some solutions to some injustice in society. So it must have that political reference. That's the key part. And then it can either discuss a social issue in depth or it can talk about or provide some solution to a social injustice. Okay. So are there certain artists that you focus on when you're doing your research? No, they're not so certain artists. They are songs. And okay. so often I will try to identify songs that fit that political rap criterion. Um, I try not to focus on artists because artists vary in what they produce, um, as well as the topics that they discuss and things they talk about. And so in order to not put them in a box, I'd rather focus on songs that may be written by artists. So for instance, someone like Lil Wayne, who would not be categorized as a conscious or political rap artist, may in fact, create a political rap song, such as Georgia Bush, as an example of a song that he created, which was basically talking about the lack of government response to victims of Hurricane Katrina in New Orleans. Mm -hmm. And so here, if I would have only looked at artists, then I might have missed him because he's not normally categorized as a political rap artist. Okay, gotcha. Well, would it be accurate to draw parallels with today's political rap music and messages that some folk musicians of previous generations shared in their music? Yes, I definitely think that would be accurate to draw those parallels. Um, Specifically, and this is something that I discussed within my research, I kind of lead to talk about how there's always been this type of political music um, throughout various genres. So um, looking at people like Peter Guthrie and... um, Billie Holiday and Strange Fruits, just to name some examples, Mm -hmm. a lot of the songs that were present during the civil rights era, civil rights Mm -hmm. movement that were used to increase morale, to make sure that people are still participating, but also that discuss issues. Even songs um, such as by James Brown, I'm Black and I'm Proud, for example, Mm -hmm. right? And that's not necessarily in the folk genre, but they have been songs within all of these different genres. And you can think about Bob Dylan's Mm -hmm. um, creating a number of different songs, and they are all similar in that they are talking about similar political issues. And so with rap music, sometimes they can be as explicit and tell an entire story as um, Bob Dylan may have, Mm -hmm. right? 
or they may be a little, um, they may only talk about a segment of a political issue, mm -hmm. right? And so their entire song may not be dedicated to that political issue. Mm -hmm. So it seems that one common feature of rap music is the use of coded terms, mm -hmm. and I think some people would say slang, that can make it difficult for an uninitiated person to understand the message. So I'd, I'd like if we could to run through some quick definitions of a few terms. Okay. Um, what does 12 mean? Police. Bando. That's an abandoned building. Trap. Trap is the place where you sell drugs. And they call it a trap because you can get trapped or caught in the system. Okay. So when you hear people say trapping, that means the process of selling drugs. But a trap is a place where you can get caught in the criminal justice system. Trill. Trill means to be real, authentic. Alphabet boys. The Alphabet boys are the federal agencies, usually DEA, CIA, FBI, those um, agencies that have alphabets that are associated with their names. Okay. And then here's a long list. Broccoli, Gouda, cheese, WAP, bands, dead presidents, dough, paper. All of those are references to money. Commas. And commas are also references to money. So when you think about commas, it's about how many commas there are on a check. Right, so you think about a million and the number of commas that are used to separate it. If you were to write the number out, commas represent money as well. Big amounts of money. Yes, <laughs> big huge amounts of money. Yes. So now that you defined a few of the terms, can you tell us why rap artists use so much coded language? Um, rap artists use coded language for a variety of reasons. One is to relate to their audience, and one is to relate to their region. And so some of the languages and some of the words that you have pointed out or that have been um, referenced here are more so words that are related to the southern region, right? Mm -hmm. So you'll find them in southern hip-hop, you'll find them in trap music, you'll find them in a lot of the songs that are created here in the Atlanta area. Um, these are coded languages, so sometimes they are regional, um, and occasionally it's just to, I mean, in general, it's just to relate to the area that you're in, and is to show authenticity, right? And occasionally they can be used to kind of throw people off from what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. So people who may not be aware of the community they live in, um, who may not be aware of some of the slang, right? If you are talking about the 12s, for instance, and mm -hmm. you mention them in the song, then people who do not know that 12 is a reference to police may not know they're talking about 12. And then other times, you know, it can be used as a slang word in, in order to fit in with the rhyme scheme. Okay. So, <laughs> yes. Poetic convenience. Yes, yes. <laughs> so what themes or trends are you finding in the political rap music you've been studying in recent years? Mm -hmm. What we're seeing is that there's been definitely an increase in um, political rap music as I have identified it in popular media, which means in mainstream media, on the radio and things like mm -hmm. that. Uh, and I would say more so since President Barack Obama was elected to office. Mm -hmm. And I think there were a couple of things going on with his election while we've actually seen more political songs. Um, well, one, we've first seen the first African-American president. But two, Barack Obama was the first president to actually acknowledge that he listens to hip-hop and to actually support hip-hop. So I don't know if you recall, but when he were, was first coming out, he was um, calling out or giving reference to rap artists that he had on his iPod. So people mm -hmm. like um, Lil Wayne, he said he listened to, and he also had a meeting with Ludacris, who was an Atlanta rapper. Mm -hmm. um, 
as well um, before he even announced his candidacy to talk about initiatives and ways that they can t um, help. And throughout his presidency, he's often brought a lot of rap artists in. And so we see a lot of political rap songs that are mentioning Barack Obama, that are shouting him out, that are mm -hmm. talking about the relevancy of his presidency or his election. Um, but we also can see a lot of political rap increase during times of um, economic turmoil mm -hmm. in the country. So mm -hmm. if we see, for instance, a higher unemployment rate in the black community, we may hear more people talking about um, economic injustices, economic situations within their songs. Um, but we also can see trends following around what is going on in the black community. So for instance, when the Black Lives Matter movement was really strong and was being featured on a lot of television shows and news stories, we saw a lot of rap songs referencing Black Lives Matter mm -hmm. and talking about some of the same issues that were discussed within these protests and these marches and things of that nature and supporting um, those movements as well. So we will often see it correlate with what's going on in society, what's going on economically, the things that affect the black community. Because rap mm -hmm. music, um, and what Chuck D is known for saying, is the CNN of the black community, right? And so they are actually talking about and, and detailing what is going on that maybe sometimes mainstream media is not covering, mm -hmm. or not covering from the perspective of those that are actually living in that community. So have you seen any different trends in the last couple years, the yes. post-Obama presidency? Yes, there's years. been a lot of discussion, um, especially within rap music, in reference to Donald Trump. So kind mm -hmm. of different from what we saw happen with political rap music when Barack Obama came about to what we, um, as far as like the embracement of Barack Obama. Mm -hmm. um, and not all rap that was mentioned Obama and can be identified as political rap was necessarily supportive of him. There were a number of artists who did criticize Barack Obama as well. So like Lupe Fiasco was talking about the use of drones in Palestine and how mm -hmm. the Obama administration actually dealt with some of those, uh, actually was um, participating in those um, drones going into Palestine. So there were critiques from some mm -hmm. rap artists on that as well. But what we see with Donald Trump, however, that there has been some change in the way that they are, of course, referencing Donald Trump and referencing what is going on in society um, at this time. Um, and Donald Trump is just an interesting character because he was referenced in rap music before he became president, mm -hmm. right? And so we see a lot of politicians that are not referenced until they've received their political positions, but Donald Trump was because he was this multimillionaire. And so when you're thinking about rap music, it is, um, it does, it can be ostentatious at a time where mm -hmm. it's talking a lot about the material things and capitalism and all of that. And so there were a lot of references to Donald Trump as an example of a person that they um, looked up to, that rap artists looked up to. He was a self-made man, supposedly, right? Um, but he was a multimillionaire, and he owned all of this land, and he had these Trump Towers that were known throughout the world, right? Mm -hmm. And so he was often referenced to say, this is someone that you would want to, this is a level that you want to get on as far as economically. Mm -hmm. Now, however, we are seeing a lot of people criticizing Trump and no longer using his name in songs um, and no longer referencing him by talking about him positively. Now they're talking so more so negatively, right? And so we are seeing more of that. What we've also seen is that 
when you think about political rap and when people do research on political rap or they talk about political rap music, they often talk about this golden age of hip-hop. Mm-hmm. That hip-hop was political in the late 80s, the early 90s, but with the advent of, of gangster rap, then hip-hop was no longer political. And part of that is true, right? That a lot of the, so to speak, explicit political rap songs were not as featured on mainstream radio stations as some others. But there was still political rap that existed. But there was political rap that was also considered gangster rap. So if you think about for instance, F the Police, NWA was known as a gangster rap group, and that song was known as a gangster rap song, but it still was a political rap song. Um, what we're seeing in our current era is that we're seeing more and more artists who are not only talking about political and social injustices within their songs, but they're also participating more. And so they are organizing and leading protests. They are participating in protests um, um, throughout the nation. They are campaigning with political candidates. So Barack Obama definitely changed things there where we now have more artists that are campaigning for candidates. And it's something that had happened before. So you think about when Jesse Jackson was running, um, Grandmaster Flash wrote a song called White, wrote a song called Jesse. Mm -hmm. Um, But it wasn't embraced by Jesse Jackson, so it was never played at Jesse Jackson campaign or anything like that. Now we're seeing more um, politicians actually work with hip-hop artists. And we even see examples of it here, right? So if we look at Keisha Lance Bottom for, Bottoms, for example, she assigned two rap artists, Killer Mike and T.I., to her transition team um, when she was running. And these were also artists that advocated for her through their social media that people get out and vote. And many will say that they helped her to secure that vote because they were constantly on their social media accounts advocating on that last voting day after the runoff elections that people get out and vote for Keisha Lance Bottom. So we're definitely seeing a change in how hip-hop artists are engaging in politics. Um, one, so they're doing get-out-the-vote drives for City of Atlanta mayor. Yes, they're doing get-out-the-vote yeah. drives for City of Atlanta mayor. Um, we have people like Lil Jarn participating in Rock the Vote campaigns now mm-hmm. um, where they are actually creating campaigns to get people out to vote. Um, and we're actually seeing rap artists run for political office. And so mm-hmm. the first rap artist was elected this year. Um, I think his last name is Delgado. Um, and he was elected for his political position. He was a past rap artist, and there was something major in their campaign because his opposition, he's a Democrat. The Republicans were actually saying, you don't want this past rap artist to be your representative. Um, but he ended up winning. And mm-hmm. this is the first time we've seen that. But we've seen, like, for instance, Shay Rhymefest run for Alderman in Chicago. Um, Uncle Luke, who is known um, probably for his case that he took to the Supreme Court um, against for supporting, trying to fight for First Amendment rights for rap artists Mm -hmm. when they were trying to ban his music. But he ran for mayor of Miami-Dade County. Um, And we've seen a number of other people who kind of pseudo say they were going to run, like Kanye West said he was going to run for president, and Gucci Mane, not Gucci Mane, um, 2 Chains, who's here in Atlanta, also mm-hmm. announced, and Waka Flocka said that they might run for president. So we've seen, but we are seeing a lot more rap artists actually get involved in electoral parts and start to run for political positions. Okay, interesting. Well, you recently published a paper that talked mm-hmm. about how exposure to political rap music can affect listeners' attitudes about women and uh, black feminism. Can you tell us a little bit about that research project? Yes. Well, the contention 
or the thought with political rap music or with rap music in general is that it is misogynistic and it is very sexist and that it should actually lead to negative behaviors in re regards to women and feelings of women and lead to more sexist attitudes because of all the negative references that are in rap music, you know, all the misogynistic terms that I utilize in rap music. Where I wanted to show that when we're talking about rap music, we can't lump it all as one homogenous genre, that we mm -hmm. have to look at it just as we look at the black community as having different attitudes, different positions, uh, and different things that, that, that are discussed within the music. So I actually conducted experiments where I exposed subjects to um, political rap songs, mainstream rap songs, R&B songs, pop music, and then a control group where they didn't hear any music and they simply read an article about technological advances and then they answered surveys. Within those surveys, I had questions embedded to measure um, black feminist attitudes. Mm -hmm. And so I created an index using four questions. And what I found is that those that were in the mainstream rap group had significantly different um, attitudes. They were less supportive of women than those in the political rap group. So those who are exposed to political rap music. And the same was true with those who were exposed to political rap music and those who didn't hear any music. Those who didn't hear any music were less supportive of women and black feminist attitudes than those who were in a political rap group. Hmm. So political exposure to political rap increased um, the support of black feminist attitudes among hmm. those who were participating. And so that was one way in which I was able to... Um, uncover those results. And what we basically wanted to show is that all rap is not the same and that there is some rap that can be positive and can lead to positive attitudes or attitudes of um, racial and gender solidarity if they are exposed to it. So we have to start, when we think about rap and when we talk about rap, we have to look at it differently to look at different subgenres. Okay, so mm -hmm. certain subgenres that get people thinking. Yes, there are certain subgenres. Okay. Well, I want to go in a little different direction mm -hmm. and ask you a few personal questions. Okay. Uh, what got you, um, what led you in the first place to study political messages in rap music? Well, actually, it was a movie. Um, the interesting thing is, is that when I was in undergrad, I used to hold these informal listening sessions where I used to break down lyrics. And this was just among a group of friends and people that were interested at the time. There were a lot of um, songs and it wasn't just rap songs. I was looking at R and B songs. So Erica Badu came out, and there were a lot mm -hmm. of hidden messages. Um, again, when you're talking about coded language and coded words, that if you did not know what she was referring to, they were messages within her music. And I used to just do this for fun in my spare time because I like listening to music and I mm -hmm. like understanding what they said. Um, I never thought that I was going to do it as a career. It was just a hobby, and I was. At the time, pre-med major and later changed my major to political science and history. But what led me to my um, research topic is Dave Chappelle's Block Party. Hmm. And so that movie is um, a movie of a concert that occurs in 2006 in New York. And it features those artists that are typically associated with political or conscious rap music. So it's people like Dead Prez and Common and... Um, most deaf and Talib Kweli. They even had um, neo soul artists like um, Erica Badu and Jill Scott. And so all of these artists that were gathered and they all gave performances. While watching this movie, I was actually in the middle of preparing for my comprehensive exams for 
graduate school. Mm. And I just went to the movie theater to relax. I did not think that I was going to be engaged. It was just some mind-numbing experience. I was going to go and listen to some good music. And Dave Chappelle's a comedian, so listen to some good comedy. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was just a way to relax. But what ended up happening is that throughout the film, I thought I was at the concert. So I was in the uh, movie theater in, out of my chair, standing up, rapping along to the songs, clapping along to the music. And afterwards, me and my friend were just talking about all the things that we can now do in our community. Okay, so what can we do now? What things can we volunteer with? What organizations can we start? And this was all, we received all of these feelings and we received all of this change and this motivation from these rap artists and mm-hmm. from listening to these rap songs. And so then I started to wonder... Well, if we are receiving those things um, by being exposed to these rap songs, what are other people experiencing? Does Mm -hmm. music impact your attitudes and does it impact your behavior? And so this is what led to my dissertation research. So uh, what do you feel like is the biggest misperception that people might have about your research? I guess the, the biggest misperception I receive about my research will be within my field of political science, right? Mm -hmm. Um, The idea that music can impact attitudes. So mm-hmm. when I first started writing my research and when I was doing my dissertation, it was um, one of very few that actually looked at the impact of music or culture on political attitudes and behavior. Now we are seeing a lot more research um, that is being created um, within the field of political science that is looking at Uh, media and its impacts um, as far as television shows. So we've always looked at media, news media, and how they frame issues and prime issues and things like that. But now there are a lot more things that are looking at television shows and the impacts that they may have on um, attitudes of immigration or attitudes of terrorism and things like that. And we're looking at people are looking at different music genres. But within black politics and African-American studies, there's been a lot of research that has pointed to Um, the impact of music and media on attitudes because it is something that we understood um, and it's been a lot of literature that music has power Mm -hmm. um, within the black community especially, but music has power in general. And so there's been a lot of research in those fields in black studies, but not as much in political science. So that has been, I think, the probably one of the biggest uh, misperceptions about my research is that it wouldn't actually have an impact on attitudes, um, on political attitudes specifically. Mm-hmm. Well, you talked a little bit about Dave Chappelle's Black Party. Are there any other favorite movies or books that touch on your work? Yes. Um, so when I teach my class, I'll, I always show Letters to the President. And it actually interviews rap artists who are all talking about political issues from they start at the Reagan era and go all the way up to the second um, Bush election, George W. Bush. Mm -hmm. And so they go all the way up until I think that is 2004, to the Mm -hmm. 2004 election. And they talk about all these different issues that occurred, um, all these different political issues specifically that that impacted the black community. So Mm -hmm. it talks about the war on drugs. Um, It talks about the elections and the people who were actually, so it talks about the beginning of the rock and rap the vote campaigns Mm -hmm. and those different campaigns and how people came out to vote. It talks about the catastrophe that happened with the mixed up ballots in Florida during that election Mm -hmm. and how people were disappointed. Um, It talks about Luke 
and his Supreme Court case uh, for the First Amendment. So it deals with a lot of things that have went on politically um, within the genre of rap music, but also within the black community. Well, thank you for coming in today. Thank you. This has been the Arts and Sciences Matters podcast, brought to you by the College of Arts and Sciences at Georgia State University. You can follow us or let us know what you think on Twitter at GSUArtsI. And you can find more episodes on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Google Play. Thank you for listening, and we hope you subscribe so you won't miss out on future episodes.